Happy New Year again, and this is the third episode of the day. We planned on making it two, and then there's just so many guys that I feel like can't be drafted in the first round that did not make our draft, not necessarily saying that they won't make the real draft. So we're going to spend this episode talking about Tyrese Proctor, Kyle Filipowski, Oso Iguodaro, Durant, I mean, just quite a few guys that did not make our first round of our mock draft 1.0. So stay tuned to hear our thoughts on the players that did not make it and what teams we believe would be a good fit. Shout out to each and every person that's made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. And thank you for making this your first listen of the new year. If you're not subscribed to the channel, please subscribe, like, share, comment, because we are your source for NBA draft content five days a week. I don't know if there's anybody doing five podcasts a week covering the NBA draft, but Locked on NBA Big Board. So that's why you got to stay tuned to us. That's why you got to subscribe. Because in my opinion, I'm a little biased, but I think we're giving out the best draft content in podcast form. All right. But before we get started in this episode, I want to let you know that it is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get a $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is a hundred and fifty bucks. If your team wins, so visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. All right, James, this is part three. Okay. Part three. Starting off the new year with three episodes. I think this year we 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 gotta we gotta take it to another level with, with the content. And we're, we're I mean we're starting off right. Three episodes. We got our work, everybody. We got our work, everybody, as far as just producing podcasts and and good draft content. And so this episode, we're going to dedicate it to the guys that did not make our first round. Some some green room uh, holdovers, potentially. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to be that guy. Nobody wants to be that guy. So we'll give you a recap. At number one, the San Antonio Spurs who James was their GM, selected Nikola Topic at number one. I had Alex Sarr going to the Hawks at number two. Zachary Reese Shea went number three to the Detroit Pistons. Maras Bozellis went four to the Memphis Grizzlies. Ron Holland goes five to the Washington Wizards. The Charlotte Hornets added Jacoby Walter. The Portland Trailblazers added Tyler Smith at number seven. At number eight, the Spurs added another point guard. And Rob Dillingham, I had Cody Williams going to the Utah Jazz at number 9. I had Stephon Castle going to the Chicago Bulls at number 10. And at number 11, James had the Blazers swinging for the fences with T. John Salon. I had the Houston Rockets selecting Donovan Klingon at number 12. Ethan Almanza went number 13 to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And rounding out the lottery, I had the New Orleans Pelicans selecting Indiana big man Kalel Ware. And then in the second half of the draft, at number 15, James had the Phoenix Suns selecting Reed Shepard. I had the New York Knicks taking Kansas wing Kevin McCullough at 16. 
At number 17, James fixed the Pacers' leaky defense with Ryan Dunn. I put a patch on it. I ain't fixed <laughs> At number 18, I had the Cleveland Cavaliers selecting Justin Edwards from Kentucky. At number 19, James saved Isaiah Collier from being in the green room a long time. He took him at number 19. I had the Knicks selecting Aaron Bradshaw at 20. At number 21, James had Miami selecting Carlton Bub Carrington. I had the Atlanta Hawks at 21. I'm sorry, at 22, selecting Hunter Salas. James gave the Magic some shooting with Dalton Connect at 23. At 24, I had the Oklahoma City Thunder adding youth and upside with Trenton Flowers. At 25, A.J. Mitchell goes to the Denver Nuggets. Yo, I was cooking, man. <laughs> At 26, I gave the Sixers some shooting in Jackson Robinson. At 27, James made a surprise and still added more defense to the Pacers with Devin Carter, who was stuffing the stat sheet on the defensive end of the floor. And at number 28, I had the Bucks selecting Sfee Missy, giving them some depth. At the five spot, at 29, I had the Wolves saving DJ Wagner from the second round. And then at number 30, James had the Boston Celtics selecting Hanson Yang, a guy that we actually spent a little bit of time talking about at the end of episode two. So if you missed that, check it out and also check out episode number one where we did the lottery. All right, so let's let's start off with the Duke guys. All right. Tyrese Proctor and Kyle Filipowski. Okay. In your opinion, why did they fall to the second round in our draft? And why and what teams do you think would be a good fit for both of those guys? All right, so I like Kyle Filipowski a lot. It just so happened that before I go there, in my opinion, 10, maybe 15 through like 40 is like interchangeable. It's, it's really interchangeable. Yeah. So like if a youngster goes in the second round, hold your head, young bro. I mean, it's easy for me to say because I'm not watching money fall out of my pockets. And it may not be guaranteed because I think after 35, it's two-way. I think after pick 35, and you got to think this ways. is the draft this year where some picks were forfeited. So I think there's only 58 picks. Yeah, there's two picks, 55, 56. Yeah. So uh, outside looking in, it's about where you go, not necessarily where around you go. Because you want an opportunity more than you want your second contract, man. Yeah. I mean, we've seen Craig Porter Jr. We've seen Austin Reeves. Nas Reed was drafted. Yep. So, I mean, it's it's rare. We're talking about three out of what, like. <laughs> it's true. But, again, it's, gonna, it's going to happen again this year. Somebody's going to go in the second round. It's going to end up being a great pick. It's going to end up playing meaningful meaningful minutes. It's just it's just it's just what this draft is. So Kyle Filipowski, I really like Kyle, Kyle Filipowski. I think we talked about him on the last a couple podcasts ago. I think he has. Uh, I did mention he has some Nas Reed ability. Yeah, we talked about that. Um, I think the three point shooting is what needs to be, for him to improve upon uh, as far as like teams. Um, and he can pass. Yep. So, like, I don't know where Sacramento is in this, uh, if they have a pick, but I think he would be great in Sacramento because you can kind of get, <clears throat> excuse me, a scaled-down version of what you get in Sabonis as far as a playmaking big. Yeah, I don't think the Kings are – I mean, just based off of this, the Kings are on it to, like, 52. You can buy picks. You can move up. I like Sacramento. I like I, – I think Milwaukee needs to add a young big to the rotation. I know you had them drafting Missy. 
Yep. I don't feel like, yeah, I think a, a young big would be helpful because, again, you know, Brooke is getting up there in age. You got to start thinking long term. Um, and even then, uh, speaking of Milwaukee, I don't think Tyrese Proctor would be a bad move there. Because, again, you're not asking him to be a, a great playmaker if he's playing next to Giannis. You need somebody that's going to be able to spot up and knock shots down. He's not really shooting the ball particularly well right now at Duke, but I still buy him long-term as a shooter. I know I have my concerns with him as a lead guard in the NBA. Yep. I think Milwaukee would be a, a good place for him to go. Yeah, I, I did a just a preliminary mock, and every time I do it, I'm like, dang, I left somebody off. And now that I'm looking at it, I think I left Tyrese Proctor off of my 60 pick first uh, and second you, you round. Was, you was tripping. He's, yeah, you was tripping. I mean, anybody that's done mock drafts know, like, you do one, then you throw the list away because you got to start off with a list of guys. And if you – and so, yeah, I, I left him off. Um, I'm glad I haven't released this, but he'll, he'll definitely get drafted. But I will say that I have been a little bit disappointed with his play. He was a guy that I had as high as, like – I know I had him in the top 10 coming into the season. You know who didn't have him in the top 10? You didn't have him right. in the top 10. The shooting has not improved, but the decision-making has been really good. It's like 4-1 to one assist-to-turnover ratio, which is which is good. Good enough to where I think a team, you know, maybe outside of the lottery will look and say, hey, this guy could be a game manager, a big game manager at 6-7. At so I definitely think that he could be He's a lottery pick. Maybe 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. I forgot exactly how tall he is, but he has good size. And if he can shoot, he did show some flashes of creativity off the dribble. If he puts it together in the second half of the season, he could easily be a lottery pick. But the way the cookie crumbled in, in this particular draft that we did. At the end of the 2023, yes. He fell on the outside in the first round. As of today, the 31st pick would go to the Toronto Raptors. And so I think that could be a, a good pick for him there, a good spot for him there. All right, when we return, we're going to talk about a few other guys that did not make our draft. And let's start off with Zach Eady. And I want to hear James's thoughts on Zach Eady. Stay tuned. The NFL season is wrapping up, but there is still time. There is still plenty of time to get in on the action with FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. And right now, if you are a new customer, if you are a new customer, you get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. And all you have to do is place a $5 bet. That is $150 in bonus bets. Win or lose, the app is super easy to use. And there are so many different ways to bet. You can use live game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. And the best way to find popular parlays is in the Parlay Hub and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it is covering the top sports of the day with the Locked On local experts and our national shows that cover every league. So go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever, the first ever 24 hours a day, seven days a week streaming channel. Again, Locked On Sports today. All right, second segment. I want to talk about Zach Eady. Where do you have Zach Eady at in, in your board or what range? I got him in the 40s, man. Why is that? Why, why do you... 
despite the fact that he's so dominant statistically, I mean, I think he's the best player in college basketball. Why do you have him in the 40s? And do you think he can play in the NBA? I have him in the 40s because, again, that particular, if this was 25 years ago, he's not going in the 40s. He's not five. Maybe the first pick. He might be the first pick, but that's not, that's, you know, hey, like my man Slim Charles said, <laughs> that was the old days, man. But remember we, them days? Yeah. Nah, the days is over. So we talking about a, a lumbering big. The NBA is getting away from those guys who are lumbering bigs who are throwing the ball into. And uh, who have mobility issues. Because, again, the game is on the perimeter. Now, there are some bigs who excel at playing drop coverage. Um, but ultimately, like, I just feel like I don't know if he's mobile enough to warrant a first-round grade. Right? And offensively, again, is he talented on offense? Yes. But are we going to feature him on offense? In a second unit, maybe. I just I, – I don't know. I just have him going in the 40s. And, again, him going in the 40s doesn't mean he can't play in the NBA. I just don't I, – I, there are other bigs that I value more than him. Here are the teams based off of today selecting in the 40s. Celtics, Rockets, Rockets, Thunder, Spurs, Wizards, Sixers, Clippers, Pelicans, Pacers, and Celtics again. So you mentioned the Rockets twice. I feel like the Rockets would be a great landing spot for him. Because I think they have a need at the backup five right now. And I have them addressing their need in, in the lottery. But I think Boston would pick 30, and this is based off today, 30, 40, and 50. I, I can see him ending up in Boston. I mean, Boston took Taco Fall. That's true, too. And again, so Taco was extremely uh, productive in college, too. Not not to like Zach Eadie's. Taco just started playing basketball when he first got here too. So like there was like that was all on just short notice of playing basketball. Like he's yeah. still you know. But, I mean he was nowhere near as as gifted as, as a scorer. Zach man Taco Taco didn't they beat Duke? They lost to Duke. No, I think they beat Duke, but Duke didn't have no shooters. Hey man, Taco neutralized Zion. Yeah, you said the Celtics they drafted Taco. Um, you know, Taco wasn't the most mobile guy, but also He's half of Zach Eady production wise. Half of but college production and NBA production don't always translate, obviously. I just I'm not I'm not that high on Zach Eady, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was drafted in the second round and had an opportunity. All right, let's talk about Trevon Brazil. I, I think that he's a guy that I say, Oh, what do I do? A mock he's a first round pick. And then when you grade it out, it's like dang. Sometimes he's on there, sometimes he's not. Where do you have him? And, and, and you're like, just a rough estimate, where do you have him? I why him, didn't he make, or why didn't you select him with any of your picks? I had him 30, but again, 30 may as well be 40 in my, on my big board. Um, my issue with Trevon Brazil is I don't, I don't feel like he gets the most out of his ability, man. I mean, do you think some of it could be that he's coming off an injury and, I mean, it takes a while to trust the injury. I mean, they say, like, if, when you tear your ACL, it's not until the second season that, that you are 100%. Like, you may be physically ready to play, but it's the, the, the mindset of being able to trust it. Man, but here's the thing. I still see him trying to dunk on people to an extent. I still see him making athletic plays. Maybe he isn't trusting it fully, but when I see, like, his 
jump shot shooting ability, when I see his talent and I see his athleticism, how is he only averaging 10 and 7? Well, I mean, I think in college basketball, it's definitely going to depend on who's getting you the ball. But the thing is, he sometimes shows ability to put the ball on the, on the ground himself. So it's like, I just feel like as talented as he is, he should be a top 20 talent. Yep. But there's something missing with him. Again, maybe it's the injury, but I just think he lacks a certain level of assertiveness that I would like to see from him. So when I look at bigs in this draft, I'm looking for guys that I think could have maybe half of the Derek Lively impact. A guy that if you put him in the right situation with a playmaker that can make him a pick-and-roll lob threat, you know, just a guy that can score – as a romance, so I look at like the Clippers, like who can they get in the second round that has this role where you're gonna play minutes in the second unit when they like stagger lineups. You're gonna play with Harden, and your job is to screen, roll, catch lobs. And so I look at Brazil as one of those guys. I think Adembona could be one of those guys. Uh, maybe Igodaro. I like Igodaro. He has athleticism, but he's a really good a good passer. So who's the guy that you think could fall or, based off of our draft, goes to the second round, but if he goes to the right fit, could give possibly even lottery, lottery-like production? Dylan Mitchell out of Texas. Like, what situation could he – I don't – I mean, he's gotten better. It's weird. He's gotten better, but he's forgotten about this year even though he's gotten better. Like, what situation do you think he could be in where he could look good and thrive? Sacramento. They get up and down. Yeah. Right? You're running. He cuts. He's He is extremely athletic. Yes. All right? And he rebounds, too. So, again, even with his limited, um, how can I say this? We're not, not limited. He has no jump shot. It's not limited. Yeah. But his limited, like, offensive game, he's at, like, 13 and 10 almost. Yeah, like, I, got, he, I got him at 11 and 9. 11 and 9, excuse me, my fault. But he's it's, like, 2.7 stocks. Yes. Him. And the jump shot doesn't fall, but he has wing ability. Like, I've seen him work himself into two drill pull-ups. Uh, maybe it's an accident, but at the same time, like, he has a lot of ability. And I feel like... Uh, shoot, I'll just throw this out. Like, yes, Ryan Dunn gets more stocks and, and or more stocks. It's probably what two more, but like the difference between him, Ryan Dunn, and Dylan Mitchell isn't that great to me. I think the difference between the two is you can play Ryan Dunn at the four. I think Ryan Dunn is still minutes as a five in a small ball line. They're the same size, same height, same weight. I don't have the wings, they're not the same weight. Dylan Mitchell's like buck ninety. Man, I, uh, hey, I I've seen Dylan Mitchell's at, not like two fifteen. I'm going with they list him at they list him at six eight two oh five. I don't even basketball think reference. I don't even think he's that. Uh, Ryan Dunn on basketball reference is listed at six eight two oh eight. I'm just going by that. I, I, we'll I don't we'll get the that. measurements. Yeah, that's I, fine. I think, I think Dunn is probably six eight. 
maybe 215. I think Dylan Mitchell is probably closer to 195. Well, I'm just going by what Texas told me, man. But I, I, I like Dylan Mitchell. I just if he if Dylan Mitchell ever, ever becomes a 33% three-point shooter, he's gonna play. He's got to get up to 65% from the foul line first. You're right. So does Ryan Dunn. I, I just feel like the same shooting concerns, the same bad shooting. Is is there in, in Dylan Mitchell and is there in Ryan Dunn? It's just one guy people think is a top ten pick, and the other guy you don't see him mocked until late first or second round. Maybe it's the opposite because Mitchell had buzz coming into last season. There you go. Dunn didn't. They they flopped, and now like draft darlings have fallen in love with Ryan Dunn and they forgot about. I mean, him. again, let's talk about Ryan Dunn. We've talked. We did a whole episode on nineteen percent from the three point line. Well, I mean that's nineteen percent better than Dylan Mitchell. <laughs> All right. When we return, I'm just gonna. I mean, it'll be rapid fire. Rapid fire. I'm gonna give a prospect's name and I'm gonna ask James a question, and James will answer what this guy, what this particular player, needs to showcase to get into the first round of our mock draft 2.0. Stay tuned. All right, before we get into the last segment, we got to talk to you about Prize Picks because Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. It is the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. So all you have to do is pick two to six players and you are just going against the projected numbers. You're not playing against the bots. You're not playing against the experts. It is just you versus the numbers. And what I like about Prize Picks that, that really piqued my interest is they have combo leagues. So with the combo league, you can do... For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combination of three-pointers made and receptions. And then Price Picks also allows you to play with some celebrities like Meek Mill or Andrew Schultz. And then they also have an insurance policy. I don't know any other platform that has an insurance policy. So if you have a player that gets injured in a football or basketball game, he gets injured in the first half, he gets rebooted until the next game so that is one of the reasons why prize picks is the best daily fantasy sports platform so check it out go to prizepicks.com you have to use the promo code locked on nba and it must be in lowercase but if you use the promo code locked on nba in lowercase you can get a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars again prizepicks.com slash locked on nba in lowercase and you can get a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars all right last segment i mean there's so many players that we could talk about i wish we could do a two-hour joe rogan type podcast but it's not allowed by the station all right so i'm gonna name some players right. and i want you to tell me what you think they need to do or showcase to be a first round pick and mock draft 2.0 that we'll do in february I'll start off with Isaiah Stevens. He's been impressive. I don't think he's going to get a first-round grade. Uh, shoot, he might not even get drafted, but you know what? He's 100% going to get a two-way contract. Oh, I, I agree, but what, what do you think the reason is? Is it just well, he's, he's size? He's, he's short. He has two things that he there's literally nothing he can do about. He's short and he's older. But literally, literally, Roth, those are like his only, well, not his only, but those are his biggest flaws. Like, he's got footwork like Chris Paul as far as getting mid-range jumpers off. He's not a good passer. He's a great passer. Yep. He can catch and shoot. He's got a floater game, right? And, like, he is leading Colorado State. Like, he's a winner. 
yeah. in a sense. Like and he didn't he didn't he didn't bounce. Like I know I know for a fact that he had some power five offers oh, this yeah. summer. And he had some some significant offers and he chose to stay. Nah, I, I really like him a lot. And like I said, if he doesn't get a first round, he probably won't get a first round grade. But you know what? He is going to play for somebody. He's going to be on a roster on opening night in the NBA. All right. Riley Kugel, struggling. What do you think he needs to do to regain his his draft stock? Well, he's got to turn it up in ACC. This uh Excuse me, SEC. Excuse me, I was thinking wrong. But they try to get into no. That's Florida State. I'm yeah. he's gonna have to turn it up because, like, right now his draft stock is is in tubes. I think he's averaging what twelve a game right now. Yeah, to me, it's not necessarily the scoring. It's just the efficiency is so low. I mean, he's really, really struggling from from the field. Four for sixteen, two for ten, one for six. His minutes are really low too right now. Yeah, he's in some kind of. Some no, they sort of they added house. some guards. They added some some guards in the transfer portal last year, and I just think that he's just having a hard time adjusting playing playing with those two guards. But he had some good games early on, I, like I the first two games. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like the first two games. Or Adembona, I think Adembona would be a really good fit for the Los Angeles Clippers in the second round. You get an athletic big, maybe a little undersized, but he rebounds, he hustles, he dives on the floor, does. All the little dirty work, and he is a good athlete. I think he could be a great energy guy that you can plug in on, like a really talented team. I don't have the numbers, but how tall do you think he is? They got him listed at like six ten. I think he's about six nine. I mean, I'm stood next to him. He's he's a legit six nine. Six nine. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a good athlete. Um, I think that UCLA, how they use him, like they use him as a focal point in the offense. That's not happening. Right. So, um, but you know, again, you know, Harden can make almost any big look good. Yeah. But I think I think he I just my eye test, you know, I don't have the measurements, but he looks like he's about six nine, so he may be a bit undersized at the five. But like you said, he brings energy. Uh he does have some skill. He's not completely raw, but uh yeah, he has some skill. I, I have a second round grade for Yeah, him. I just think with his energy, I think he can he can make an impact. I don't I mean, I don't want to go on a tangent. I just don't understand what they're doing at UCLA anyway. He shouldn't be the focal point. I don't know who should be, but they have too much talent to be struggling like they're struggling. All right, here's a guy for you. Malik Mack. I know you're high on Malik Mack, and I know one of our our subscribers or followers on YouTube is really, really high on Malik Mack. I think there's some relation there, but I'm high on Malik Mack too. What do you think Malik Mack would need to do to get a first round grade, I have a first round grade for him. I didn't select him in the first round of our our mock draft. He's been hurt or sick, I believe. I um, think he has mono. Yeah, mono's tough. I had that before. Uh, but what I would what would get him a it wouldn't just be me for the world to see is he's got to improve his efficiency at the rim. Right now, I got him at forty five percent at the rim, which is is low. And again, yeah. some of it is. Not to disrespect the players around him, but, like, when you're the only NBA prospect, you know what I'm saying, on that team, and, like, you're trying to drive and make plays, like, I think he may need to use a floater more often, but he's trying to get to the rim, and he's just not finishing at the rate. But you know what? His shooting splits, like, are still ridiculous. Yeah. 47% on dribble jumpers, 47% on jump shots. I just feel like with him being 6'1", 
they're going to want to see uh, more efficiency at the rim. Yeah, I think for him, he's going to have a crazy decision to make at the end of the year. I agree, too. Obviously, he's a brilliant kid going to Harvard. I think if he's not a first-round pick, then transferring will probably be the best financially, right? So I know he's probably already had offers where power fives are looking for him. I think if he's not a first-round pick, and let's say he's projected as a second-round pick, if you're like, I think after 35, picks are going to be two ways. Two ways, like $500,000. I think he could get more than that in NIL money at, at a bigger school, like an SEC school. And so I wonder for him, does it make sense for him to transfer to another school? I mean, it's, it's always risky. It's risky to stay, it's risky to go. But I wonder, is it worth it for him to go to like a Power 5 school in a bigger conference, take the NIL money, and then have a season's worth of big games? He'll come back stronger and, and more prepared. Can that put him in the first round for 2025? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting because, you know, there are going to be concerns. Somebody will say, well, he's short and this and that. But it's like there are other small guards who uh, are getting first-round grades. I've seen uh, is it Kylan or Keelan? Oh, I just want to Kylan Boswell. Kylan but he's Boswell. like, I mean, he's six two, but he's, he's like stocky the way he's built. Is I, he? I, let me ask you a question: Is he more talented? What does he do better than Malik Mack? I mean, one guy is struggling to make layups. One guy doesn't even get to the rim to make layups. So yeah, it's like I, mean, I don't. I just don't feel like there are too many guards in this draft that do things better than Malik Mack. He's just he goes to Harvard and he's under the radar. And I mean, somebody, he's had big games against some of the bigger schools. He had 30 on Indiana. Again, he had no issues finishing uh, against Indiana. Khalil Ware is projected lottery. Well, because you say Khalil Ware. He don't block shots. A great I, shot blocker. Or a good defender to me, but, you know, that's just my opinion. So I, it's going to be interesting to see what Malik Mack does. Yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting. All right, last play I want to talk about is a guy that I've been said as a first-round pick. I thought he would have went in the first round last year. I think he would be a perfect complement to, like, a, a a good team at the end of the first round. It's also Igadaro, great passer, good athlete. He just hasn't increased his range. That's weird. He's he's a weird guy that has good touch around the basket, good touch around the rim. But once you get him past his, I don't know, his five feet, eight feet, he offers like nothing. But I do think that he can help a team. What are your thoughts on him? And is there anything that he can show to help him get a first-round grade on our next mock? Yeah, um, I don't know if he's going to be able to extend his shooting range within uh, the, <laughs> the, the season, but he can still improve as a foul shooter and let that indicate that he does have the ability to become a better shooter. I think he's in the 60s right now. Yeah, that's been his issue for 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 quite a while. Yeah. So, again, like you, you see the grab-and-go potential. He's athletic. He can pass. Uh, he's not a shot blocker, but he has switchability on the perimeter. Yeah. There's a lot to like about him. Again, he's like um, uh, Dell Davis's son. You know? Trace? Yeah, where it's not, the, not that they play alike. But Trace like, was a much better rebound. Yeah, and that's one of my issues with him. Like, he's athletic. Why are you going to grab seven rebounds a game? But Trace – was, as you can see now, Trace is playing. Like, where he yeah. went in the draft didn't matter. He just went to the right situation. And I think, and this is back to Zach Eady, I think Zach Eady could have a similar a similar situation if he's given opportunity. Let me ask you another question before we go. Why don't you have Trey Alexander in your first round? I don't know what position he is, man. I don't know. 
if he I don't think he's a one. He's very, very streaky. Like if you look at his his numbers, I mean, when he's off, he's off. He had a one for sixteen game. I think he's like a, a, a tweener, but I don't know what is that one thing that he can the one skill set that he can hang his hat on that you can get out of him every night. The difference between him and Kevin McClure is Kevin McClure is making three pointers right now. Kevin is bigger. Kevin's six seven. Is he six seven? Kevin is six seven. He can play one, two, or three. All right. The difference between and McCullough was like, I mean, what two years ago he was like runner up for defensive player of the year. He can defend multiple positions. I mean, of course he's older. I mean, yeah. this is like year five for him. So okay, I got another one. Then the difference between Trey Alexander and AJ Mitchell is because they're about the same height. Neither are point guards. Neither are shooting guards. I think AJ Mitchell is a better. I mean, I think he could be. I mean, Trey Alexander's assist numbers aren't bad. Four but and I a think half. AJ Mitchell, I think he is a better lead guard. Okay. I think Trey Alexander. When I look at his assist, I just see like ball mover assist. I don't see him like really creating. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I got to dig a little deeper. But I think A.J. Mitchell is is a better playmaker. I feel like, just last thing, if Trey Alexander showed me the consistent three-point shooter or shooting or improved shooting, I think he gets a late first-round grade. Well, he, he shot like 41% last year from three. So it's like, I don't know, he, he's a guy that... He's probably just gonna slip through the cracks, man. I'm rooting for him. He's 28 percent this year. He's 28 percent as a freshman. So it's like, what is he as a three-point shooter? Yep. But I think he's. I I, like I mentioned in a previous pod that I really like. Like I think he might have the best pick and roll navigation in this draft. It's just gonna be a mid-range jumper every single time for him. All right, well, that wraps it up. Thank you for listening to all three episodes that we came out with to start the new year. Once again, Happy New Year to you. It's Rafael Barlow, my brother James, and we are out. Oh, yeah, we got a Hot Takes episode coming out soon, so be prepared for the Hot Takes episode. It's probably going to ruffle some feathers, but it should be fun.